Hi guys, and welcome back to the Spring and Equestrian podcast, and welcome to season two. Um, I'm really excited to bring you guys into this season because I'm integrating interviews, and it's been so amazingly enjoyable for me to communicate and to just connect with everybody in the equestrian industry um, and people from all different walks and facets of the industry. So it's quite the variety, and it's very interesting. I hope you guys enjoy this content, and if you want to be part of it, you can email me at springandequestrian at gmail.com because I want to keep this really community level. Everybody has a story to tell, and we can learn something from each other. So don't hesitate. If you're looking for new material or new updates, my website springanek.com will always have those. And without further ado, let's get into season two. Welcome back to the Spring and Equestrian podcast. I'm Jess and I'm here with Harriet and Rachel, um, the co-founders of Heart Equestrian and owners. Um, and I just want to open up with you guys kind of taking time to tell me a little bit about yourselves. I've met Harriet, but this is my first time meeting Rachel. So we'll start with Rachel and you can just go through kind of a little bit of your background and where you are and um, we'll go from there. Yeah. So hi guys. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the podcast. Um, so my name is Rachel and um, I was born in Canada. I'm a Canadian citizen, but now I'm an international student and I go to school in Shanghai, China. So I started writing when I was around five, six years old and I basically fell in love with it. And my parents unfortunately had to deal with paying the horse bills for, uh, for many, many years and up till now. Um, and I met Harriet when we both were at Shanghai American School in Shanghai. And that's how we kind of uh, started getting talking and then we started Hard Up Fitters. All right. Well, that yeah. seems like a quick story, but that's great. Okay, Harriet, go ahead and introduce yourself. So, I mean, like, I'm a little different than Rachel. My family was involved in the horse worlds, kind of, or at least my mom's family was. She's from the UK. So, like, she kind of grew up around horses. So it was kind of natural that she kind of threw me into like pony camp or um, she started giving me like lessons with the barn nearby my house when I was in New York. So I was born in New York and then I lived there for five years and then we relocated to Seattle and then I rode competitively there, which is so crazy because I competed at Thunderbird, which Rachel was competing there at the same time. Isn't it weird? Yeah, serendipitous. Right? Yeah. And so then uh, I competed there for five years and then I moved to Shanghai and met Rachel. That's awesome. So for like the riding story, so Rachel, you competed too, like growing up? Yeah, I did. So I started with hunters, but then I moved into jumpers, which is what I really love doing. And I mean, I guess my, again, my horse story is super different from Harriet's. Like my family knew nothing about horses, Yeah. Uh, never sat on a horse, probably never touched a horse. Um, you know, stuff in a barn, those types of things. But then, yeah, I really loved it. And then I started competing. And now when I go back to Canada in the summers, I compete there as well. Oh, that's awesome. So you're still riding and you have horses? Yes, I am. I mean, it's different in Shanghai. Like the riding culture is different. It's a little bit more difficult. I mean, Harriet knows as well, like we rode in Shanghai together um, and it's definitely very different. And I think um, like the world of horse ownership is also very different. So Harriet has, or had her horse Toby as well in yeah. Shanghai, and I mean, circumstances really changed as well for her when she left. Yeah. So I 
Harriet explained a little bit to me about the horse culture in Shanghai, but maybe you can just reiterate for everyone because it was quite interesting to me to hear the difference between at least like our North American horse culture. Yeah. Harriet? Yeah, so definitely. Like um, the horse equestrian world hasn't really come up a lot. It's pretty new, pretty recent. And basically everyone is very jumpers driven. I think it's either jumpers or dressage. And there's basically no hunters that we know of. No hunters at all. Um, and it's kind of more of a rich person hobby as well. So, you know, when you go for a lesson, the lessons cost about six to 700 RMB, which is about a hundred dollars, um, which is very expensive. It's, it's definitely not cheap. Um, I mean, it's not cheap regardless, but it's more so in China, I, I would say. And also, there's kind of no leasing culture as well. So you either have a horse or you don't have a horse. Okay. Which also kind of makes things a little bit difficult for us in terms of like where we want to be um, as riders. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that being said, uh, let's go talk about Toby really quick. And I want to know, I you can just quick give some background and then I want to know current situation going on right now. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, like Rachel, she put it perfectly, there isn't a huge lease culture. So as a more advanced rider, I was really stuck. I started taking lessons with my mom's friend, who was a dog trainer as well, and she had three horses. Her daughter's rode, and she took, like, full care of her horses. So she was really involved in the process because it was important for her to, like, she's German, so she upholds this, like, very high standard of care, especially in terms of dressage. She's, like, an Olympic-qualified dressage coach. And so I started taking lessons with her, but very quickly I was like, I'm not going to progress if I'm riding these school courses. Like, there's just, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the school courses, but often they're from Mongolia, and they were just... <laughs> yeah. And um, I was, I, before one summer, I tried this, like, scraggly three-year-old, um, and I was like, oh, I, I really like him. And so my mom emailed her and was like, we're thinking of maybe investing. And she was like, I mean, that's really the, the really only option you have if you want to progress, if you needed your own horse in Shanghai, sadly. Um, and of course, I was only bringing on a young horse because my family didn't want to import a warm blood. Yeah. Um, which is just a whole other world of like importing horses um, for China. And so, I mean, I had the most incredible four years with him. He was, he came so far. I mean, Rachel can speak to it. I mean, we went from like not being able to trot circles to just, he was incredible. He was quite the journey. He was very tough, but very worth it. Um, but of course, once uh, I found out I was moving last year, it was quite abrupt. We found out about two months before school ended. And for that, us, that means you have two months before you have to like pack up your entire life and move because you're not coming back because you're you're working visa and living visa ends. Yeah. So you can't return. And that meant I had two months to find a home for him. Uh, luckily, I was able to find a really cool dressage trainer in Beijing who would be willing to work with him for a year. And I had hoped that I would be a more long-term situation, but about a, like a month ago, I received some news that like she could no longer take care of him. And so we either had to sell him or find a new home for him. But that was really hard for me because I'm obviously not there and he's in Beijing now. Mm -hmm. 
So, so even the logistics of doing that is like, I don't know yeah. how you're doing And I mean, with everything going on right now with COVID-19, the horse market is done. <laughs> yeah. There's someone looking to get a horse in China <laughs> right now. And more so, I didn't really want to sell him. Like deep down, I was like, if I, I know if I sell him in China, it means I probably will never see him again. There's not the same culture of, of course you want to keep up with your horse. Right. Of course you want to know how they are. It's just not the same. Yeah. And so I was kind of confronted with like, wow, like do I do I want to just let this horse who was such a huge part of my life and like really grew up with me and was through like some hard times in my life, like do I just want to let him go? And so I'm trying to hopefully raise enough money right. over the next few years um, <laughs> to, to bring find him home. back. Okay. In terms of that, we have been lucky enough. There are other horses who want to fly with him, which like cuts the price okay. in half almost, which is incredible. Yeah. But it's still a huge amount of money. Oh, I know. Well, so just for everyone listening, how do they find out more about that particularly? So, if you go to the Heart Outfitters Instagram, we have a link tree that you can go and um, donate to the Bring Toby Home Fund. It's a GoFundMe. So if you can donate anything, it would mean a lot. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, that's that's wild, but you're doing everything you can and that's all you can do, especially with the current situation. Like, yeah. So speaking of, um, or actually let's quick jump back to Heart and how you guys came up with that idea, how it even started, um, and we'll go from there. Rachel, you wanna talk about that? Sure, so uh, we started Hard Outfitters pretty early on. I think we were in, actually I think we were in eighth grade at the time when we had the idea of wanting to start an athletic apparel brand, and we knew we wanted it to be something kind of along the athleisure style because we both love doing sports. We both do other sports. Harry does rugby. I do dance. Um, so we wanted something that kind of encompassed equestrian style, but also athleisure and something that you could go to school and go to work at or go shopping with and then go for a run, go ride your horse. Um, so basically we also found that, you know, the Shanghai market is so great for doing something like this. So we could go to fabric markets and we can work directly with manufacturers and we can directly source different fabrics and see the types of materials and the colors that we wanted, which I mean, it just opened our eyes to like an entirely new world and it was super fun and exciting for us. And we started that in eighth grade actually under a company um, called La Quitacion. And then we then rebranded into Heart Equestrian. And then we then rebranded again into Heart Outfitters. Yes. So that's kind of where we are now. We, I think we rebranded about two years ago into Heart Outfitters. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's insanely amazing. Cause especially cause you both are so young. It's crazy. But um, what were some parts of developing that business that were very unexpectedly difficult? And how did maybe you guys navigate those? I mean, we really went into it kind of blindly. Like yeah. Rachel said, I mean, we started doing all of this when we were in eighth grade. So there was no business plan that came before this. Yeah. <laughs> it was really like we went to the Shanghai market and we're like buttons and fabric and like clothing. And we were like, oh, this is so cool. We yeah. need to do something. And so we did. And it's been really interesting because we, we have done kind of like a like a trial and um, failure kind of thing, but it's been really surprising to see what's worked and what hasn't.
was incredible. It was like really cool to like, get our feet like kind of wet and see it, see what was going on in Shanghai. And this hard question like started to gain a little momentum, but then all of a sudden hard outfitters worked. Yeah. Like, something about that kind of clicked with our audience and our community, and we started really building. And it was interesting because I I still don't know what it was, but it just worked, and like that that was really surprising to me. But I think that's kind of how all successful businesses happen, right? Like there's no easy way up. But um, in terms of what you guys are doing right now, so it's just you two running the brand by yourselves. Yes. Wow, that's crazy. And so I want to know um, what your long-term vision is for Heart and kind of your goals if you guys are planning on hopefully doing that as like your career or it's just that side hustle thing. Hi guys, I'm just going to interrupt here really quickly. If you're listening to this podcast and enjoying the content, specifically the interviews, um, don't forget to go to iTunes and rate and review the podcast. You can even subscribe so that you're notified when new podcasts do come out. It helps me get awesome guests and more content for you, and it would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much, and I'll let you get back to the episode. So we do actually have some kind of cool news on that front. So okay. hopefully, I was joking virtually yesterday. I mean, hopefully, we're going to college next year, and which is a full time kind of student. We all hope we can see each other again at some point. <laughs> exactly. Like wherever we end up, I mean, we'll always we're always going to stay in touch. We're always going to be best friends, which is like why this works so well, obviously. Yeah. Um, but we're actually excited to hopefully be welcoming two new people onto the team this year. That's fantastic. Which would be incredible because it would allow for so much more expansion that we kind of had to put on hold because we yeah. are so busy with so many things going on in our lives. Um, so that would be an incredible addition to the team. And in terms of like long term, we really hope that like bringing them on as well that will allow for like us to kind of focus more on college because I think it's an experience that we both really want to have and commit to as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it would be much harder to run from a dorm yep. instead of a house. Like I'm really lucky. I'm, I'm not sitting in my room. I'm sitting in like my mom's office and this is where I keep all of our stock and everything. And, like, some amazing, yeah. closets. and I don't think we're going to have that same room in the dorm. No, for sure. And you're going to have your hands full with classes and, so yeah. is the long-term goal for both of you guys to graduate college and then potentially continue just running this and have it be that profitable that you can? Is that the goal? Or is it just something that you always want to have together on the side? I think it's more original to this one. Yeah, sure. Uh, because I think what well, we've always talked about wanting to do something more philanthropical with Heart Outfitters. So we want to be, like, our end goal is to be able to give back to the community more and so in the future I mean we've kind of roughly talked about what that could look like like right now we try to focus as much as we can on donating to charities and starting funds and things like that but in the future like if we could do something like start uh, for example a um, horse rescue center where we rescue horses and rehome them something like that would be really great Um, but definitely we want to focus on doing something along those lines if we want to give back that's kind of 
our, our main goal. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, so as for the business, how has COVID affected that right now? What kind of, or it, has it affected it? This is hilarious. Rachel and I were dying. We were talking about this last yeah. night. So we have always been late for every single run, every single release <laughs> ever done. Literally, <laughs> we've always had to push something back. Yeah. But somehow we were like, no, we're going to get this done before Chinese New Year this year. Okay? <laughs> we're just going to do it. And somehow it ended up working out. Yeah. And were really affected. And we were so lucky because we know so many companies waited because they were supposed to have like kind of like a month between Chinese New Year, everyone coming back from break and before like when a lot of their release dates were. But for some reason, we were just like, no, we're gonna get it done before. And it worked out perfectly. Yeah, and Chinese New Year is uh, like at the end of February. Or, oh no, sorry, it was oh. the end of January for this year. End of January. And uh, we got everything done kind of in December and January. And then um, COVID-19 struck at its core in China kind of in early February. Right. So we really lucked out on getting things done. So I think maybe Harry, we should start getting things done earlier. <laughs> I, I think that would be a smart idea, Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a side. Um, well, that's awesome. So in terms of right now with your riding, so Rachel, are you, like, were you currently part of a program and has COVID affected that in China? Like, are you riding there and competing there or do you only do it when you come back home? So, I mean, I try to ride as much as I can, um, but actually this is another thing about barns in China. They get shut down a lot really? by the government. Really? Uh, and it, it's, it's really interesting, but basically, um, the barn that Harriet and I both rode at, where Toby was kept, that barn was basically shut down. And so I wasn't able to ride there. Although there was another barn that I was kind of volunteering at where they just let me kind of ride the horses because they need, needed riders to, um, to help work the horses. So, so I was there, although they kind of stopped that program, unfortunately, due to the, due to the virus as well. Because, I mean, it's pretty far away. It's, Shanghai's a big city, so it's, it's definitely in the outskirts. And getting there requires a lot of public transportation and yeah. um, taxis, things like that. And it just gets a little bit muddled. So, I mean, I haven't rode since, I think, early January. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And Harry, oh. yeah, have you been riding at home <laughs> at all or taking lessons? I was, yeah, I, had, I was listening to this really, really incredible barn in North Salem for a little while. Right. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I know I'm not going to go back into the leasing known world right now, especially because I'm going to college next year. Um, yeah. So I was just like, taking lessons with them, but actually I stopped momentarily because my lesson money um, will be going to paying for Toby's board in Beijing until we can figure out what's going on. So I'm just going to take a little break for a couple months yeah. um, until we can get everything figured out with Toby. Is he still at the same trainers? He is, okay. yeah. So as long as we pay their like his board there, she's still like riding him. Oh, that's so, good. I mean, it, at least we have that. At least she's not like leaving China. Yeah, for sure. So I want to know about your guys' equestrian goals rather than your heart goals. So is it something that you just do for fun or do you guys want to compete um, more seriously or do some adult amateur stuff or even pro stuff? What does that look like for you? Rachel, do you want to take that first? 
Well, I mean, I love competing. Like, I genuinely really love competing. And I think if I lived in Canada, then perhaps I'd be doing it more so than I do now, because now I only do it in the summer. So, I mean, in the future, definitely riding is still going to be a huge part of my life. I think, for, I mean, for a lot of us, when we get hooked on it, it's kind of hard to back away from it or back away from it for too long. Um, so, I mean, we'll see where it goes um, financially as well, but hopefully I'll be doing some competitions. Um, but as long as I have a horse yeah, or horses that I could, you know, be around, that would be great for me. Um, and you're, are you a, more so of a jumper because that's what you're doing there? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, cool. Oh, definitely. Well, I was a jumper before China, really? so Harry okay. and I would always joke that. Um, earlier on, when we were when we first met in Shanghai, we would go riding together. And Harriet's the hunter, so then yeah. she would teach me some hunter things, and I teach her some jumper things. And I would make her jump the bigger jumps, and I make her go as fast as she could. And she would tell me to sit straighter and <laughs> keep my heels down. And <laughs> that's perfect for the business the too. Jumper does involve some sort of activation, but that's great because when you have heart too and you're doing all your different designs and stuff, you're kind of appealing to a bunch of different people. Um, yeah. But yeah. so, Harriet, for you, do you have any long term writing goals? I mean, Toby, I was, I was like an avid computer. I loved competing when I was a kid. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, my eight year old shortest year of life, I was. <laughs> that was everything to me. I had this like tiny little pony and she was incredible. And she's like retired on some farm in Washington now. But Toby kind of like changed a lot of that for me. I kind of fell in love with like this young horse and being able to just ride him and like see his development. And I kind of changed a lot in terms of competing. I would love to return to it someday, but I kind of just like, I don't know if I'd say I kind of fell in love with like just riding again, but it was just such an incredible experience of like spending time with horses that kind of just made me realize like no matter what, I'm always gonna, I always wanna be around them and I always wanna have them involved just some part of my life. Yeah. But if that means like for a while, I mean, until I can get financially stable on my own, of course, that I can't compete, then I think that's all right. But definitely like someday I hope to be at WEF. Yes. For Everyone's dream. Yeah, I know. I think we talked about it. We did. Florida. I mean, yeah. everyone wants to be there for like at least a year. I know, and it's uh, quite the financial undertaking as well. So, um, is there something that uh, people might not know about you guys? Did you have a chance to think about this question? Because I know it's something that you have to think about. You can't just think about it. But I was wondering if there was something that came to mind when I mentioned. Um, something that you may not think people know about you that's unique yeah well probably a big one is our age yeah um so like we've had hard outfitters for about three years now um and i think that's something that people never really knew because we never really put it out there that we were so young yeah we're in high school um, and I think Harriet, you have a story to share from the Florida, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, just you know, like I kind of, <laughs> well, I got there and I was, I wasn't really like going to share it. I was super excited to meet everyone. And everyone was so incredible. And then we were sitting in that circle. Yeah. At night, and I was like, like the first or second person to go. Yeah. After Bethany and Leah. 
And um, so I, someone asked what I did, and I said, oh, I'm a, I'm a full-time student. And someone said, oh, what do you study? I asked you that, I think the first time, yes. Yeah. I know. Oh, well, I'm still in high school. <laughs> it's wild because you you both are very well spoken and you have this like already amazing business. So it's it's hard, all of a sudden to put the two and two together. It's kind of odd, but it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a huge accomplishment. But um, you know, as for for the business, what is your? Are you guys trying to aim? towards customers that are your age or what does that look like like who's your ideal customer for heart i mean so this is another thing that we've been totally shocked by i think we definitely started with people our age that was kind of like our market in china uh which was going quite well and then all of a sudden i mean one day i took a look at our demographics on instagram and i realized we have this like huge following from 18 to 25 but then also like 25 to 34 and 34 to 54 and I mean, if you do look at our demographics, it's 20% men, but that's mostly my dad just commenting on our internet. He wants a dad belt. So if you see yeah. him, it's, it's him commenting, when are you getting your dad belt? He thinks that somehow I'm going to respond to that instead of him asking at the dinner table. So I mean, it'll happen eventually. Maybe we'll do some yeah. for men. Yeah. But we're kind of all over the place and we really like, kind of just run with it because yeah. it's like whoever wants to connect with us and like whoever wants to wear, like wear our belts and they've kind of been like an age breaker which has been really cool for us yeah that's awesome yeah i think there's a huge market in even just like from your age all the way to like 35 the adult amateurs are really big into the equestrian like athletic leisure stuff yeah. so yeah. that's awesome um, is there anything else that you guys are up to right now or anything else that you wanted to talk about on here, letting people know? I know I was, as we're recording, you're about to launch your warehouse sale, is that right? Yes. Okay. Well, we've launched it. Oh, we've launched it, yeah. So by the yeah, time, unfortunately, that this comes out, I'm a little late, but is there anything else going on in your lives that you want to talk to people about or promote? Well, yeah. So yeah. yeah. No, so right now we're working on our next collection, our next set, which is going to be called the Enlight Movement set. And it's a sports bra and legging set that we absolutely love. Uh, we're... I lost you. I lost your audio. I Hold I on. As well. So it's just, audio. okay, so go ahead and just repeat that again. You're back. Am I back now? Yeah. Am I back now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, yeah, my computer's selling me my internet connection is unstable. Harry, do you want to go instead? Oh, yeah, sure. I might. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a really, we're kind of playing with colors we haven't ever played before, with before, so we're super excited to kind of um, give everyone a heart color palette that they've never really had. So, it's we're going to be doing mint greens, really pretty oh, yeah. pale blue, and just a normal black. And we're kind of going with our leggings and sports bra of our last collection to sold out super quickly. Wow. So we're kind of going with, we're going to give everyone a set this time. And so we're super excited to give them kind of like a more structured um, sports bra that they can wear, like whether they're working out or at the barn or shopping, as well as some like really cool leggings. That's amazing. That's literally what everyone's living in right now, I think. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It's perfect right now. That's exciting. Okay, well, before we lose you, 
Um, I just wanted to thank you guys for doing this. It was really nice to meet you, Rachel. And yeah, I am so inspired by you guys. Like, you know so much more than me with this. I can't believe that uh, heart is kind of going where it's going. It's so exciting. And I hope that everyone can just remember to log on to the website and go to um, bring Toby home and see if we can make that happen for you, Harriet. And do you guys want to just um, let me know what your personal Instagrams are and the... Heart Outfitters is just Heart Outfitters, right? On Instagram. Yeah. So if you guys Heart are listening. H-A-R-T as well. Yes, of course. H-A-R-T. Which um, does stand, oh, this is kind of funny. Which does stand for Harriet, Apache, Rachel, and Toby. I know you told so me that. So it's our horses' names. That's so cool. Because you, yeah, you don't, you, do you guys have that somewhere? Like, do you have it on the, yeah. you should put that somewhere. Yeah, we don't, but, but maybe we should. People should know because. We've always, again, we've always been like so distant with connecting ourselves with the brand. Like, I don't think we ever really put names to the brand until this year. Yeah. Um, that little photo thing, which is now around the internet, which is like crazy. Uh, well, <laughs> and it's like, you can see how it's affecting the business. So attached yeah. to you guys are the coolest people ever. So bring it into the brand. But, um. But yeah, so what's your personal my, So my personal is Harriet Thomas, which is H-A-R-R-I-E-T-T-E, and then Thomas. Awesome. My parents gave me some great spelling. And Rachel? And mine is at Rachel K. Zhang. So that's R-A-C-H-E-L-K-Z-H-A-N-G. Awesome. And if you guys are listening right now, go follow Heart, H-A-R-T, Outfitters right away. And um, thank you guys for coming on here today. This was amazing to chat with you. And hopefully we're all at a quarantine soup. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, Jess.